When I met you in the summer To my heartbeat sound We fell in love As the leaves turn brown And we could be together, baby As long as skies are blue You act so innocent now But you lied so soon Alright, right, Fast X Sports Show, episode uh, number three. Um, it's officially the first week of NFL Sunday is officially past us, and my oh my, not a good day for the Fast X uh, sports uh, fans here. Um, the Lions just got absolutely embarrassed in front of everybody on national TV. Um, the Eagles, no one watched even two seconds of that game, but they definitely made an ass of themselves losing to the Washington football team. That's something that's not even on the Lions resume. Um, we also saw the Browns just get absolutely demolished. Tom Brady not look, didn't look too good either. Uh, but on top of that, what, uh, what else we got going on today? I mean, we got, we got a special friend, uh, Mr. Noah Jacobs from the Scrambled Lake show with us. We got, um... Mr. Yo-Yo Ball, who's looking like he maybe didn't sleep that much last night, which I don't blame him. The Eagles definitely would have kept me up. No, I, I actually didn't. I woke up at 3. I was up at 3 this morning, and I kept hitting my alarm. I usually wake up at 7, woke up at like 7.45. Um, that was an awful game. I don't know how else to say it. They, are, they, may, they may be like in the bottom tier of the NFL this year. It's as tough as, as tough as it is for me to say that. God, did they play the Lions this year? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just that walk through. Okay, for those. Okay, we're also just quick. Uh, that's a little bit of a tease to what's come later for the Eagles. Uh, we're also going to be talking a little bit NBA bubble as well as college football, Big Ten, and maybe even the MHSAA. But as I tease a little bit, and we got Noah Jacobs of the Scramble Lake Show. Yo-Yo Ball, of course, as well. But let's start here. All right, the Lions. Um, I'll just take the floor here. This is something that I've cooled down a little bit on since uh, the ending of the game yesterday around 4.30. But Matt Stafford, uh, this guy has been underappreciated. He's underachieved his entire career because he's been with this shitty Lions organization. Get this guy out. Get, get the David Blaus. Get the Sean Hills. Get the Josh Rosens. Get those guys in under center for this team because Matt Stafford doesn't deserve guys like DeAndre Swift just dropping wide open passes. Passes that Yo-Yo Ball is out there catching with his eyes closed. And and, and, and he doesn't deserve the coaching that just does not know how to keep a fourth quarter lead. He doesn't deserve it where we spent the last two drafts drafting running backs just so that Adrian, old ball Peterson, can be the best one of the bunch. That's not what oh, Matthew Stafford is on this team for. It's time to set him free. I know we didn't have Okuda. I know we didn't have Galloway. But my God, boys. It's Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky looks like Pat Mahomes in the fourth quarter. He was making every throw. Every throw. Because this defense is shitty every goddamn year. Despite Matt Four zillion pounds, Patricia, being a quote-unquote defensive guru. I'm, I'm just done with this team. It, it's hilarious watching them. I tell you what, 
it's it's funny how they find a new way each and every game to lay it out. First, it was the first half where the score was six to six, and it was just an absolute snoozer, absolute snoozer of a game. Then you transition yeah. to the second half where the Lions are actually look good, and you go, hey, maybe, maybe there's something here. I mean, they definitely are better than the damn Eagles. That's what I was thinking, and and then little do you know. Everything just comes tumbling down, and we are just the laughing stock of the NFL, like always. At what point do we just? I've already come to like expect this, so I wasn't even shocked whatsoever. But a guy like uh, Jacobs or somebody probably was like almost in tears. You know, it hurts. I wouldn't say almost in tears. I I kind of know know the role. You know, being in Wisconsin, the majority of people around me are Packers fans. I'm. I'm more of an against the Packers more than yeah. anything else to do with the Packers. And this is what hurts. Being a Lions fan, most Packers fans are like, eh, whatever, you can root for the Lions, I don't care. That kind of hurts. I want there to be that, you know, you should be worried about the Lions. It should be like, we don't like that team, we want to beat them, I want to sweep them. And they're just like, eh, it'll happen, it doesn't matter. And that just you know, it really takes away some of the fun if, like, people are like, "Oh, he's just—he's wearing—he's a Lions fan. It's not that big a deal." Yeah, it's like, oh, they, no, that hurts. You know? Yeah, that's almost worse. Like, you just get like pushed to the curb. Like, that—that that sucks. Uh, I got to bring up a tweet that uh, Fats uh, tweeted yesterday. I got—I got a very big kick out of it. Um, you can either complain about the Lions nonstop or appreciate them for what they are. Pure comedy gold. I love this franchise. <laughs> Dude, that's the thing. Everyone, it's like every, it's almost like everyone who can tweet the most like heartbreaking, like SOL, uh, same old Lions like tweet. That's what every Lions lost. They've been losing for twenty straight years. There, this is nothing new. The, uh, losing to the Bears, blowing it is nothing new. They they blew seven fourth quarter leads last season alone. Like this is nothing new. Here's the thing that bothers me about the Lions losing. Somebody like me who lives in a house where they make we for some reason my dad makes sure to watch every goddamn Lions game and we never watch the Red Zone channel. All that them losing this game does is it makes oh next week versus Green Bay a shitty game. It makes the one random Monday night game that somehow the Lions drew like at the end of the year a shitty game because they're gonna be like five and five or four and six or three and seven or. Two, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised how bad they are. But what the hell is going on? So Adrian Peterson, I mean, I was wrong about this guy. I mean, this guy can still ball. <laughs> he's the best running back that, that we have, that we've had in years. <laughs> and he's like 40 years old. I don't know how he's doing it. It's impressive. Dude, guy's got, he's got fresh legs again. I don't know. Some, there's a rebirth happening. Adrian Peterson, he just everywhere around me and people are, uh, he might be, you know, the guy to, to waiver in fantasy leagues. He's, he's hot. He's going to get the ball. I mean, he ran like a madman. What? 14 carries for 93 yards. That's yeah. you, you can't ask that from running back every week. That's phenomenal. I looked at the uh, stat line and, or like the, uh, the play breakdown, like how many plays he's on the field for, like the percentage. So he was going into the game as the third stringer. It yeah. was, yeah, Andrew Swift, Gary on, and and then AP. He was on the he was on the field fifty four percent of the time. Yeah, but like what, what happened? Only what happened? the Lions could have a, could have a three running back, uh, like by committee, and all three of them are not pass catchers. 
all three of them are like down nose, snot nose runners. And of course, when you have three guys like that, when you do throw a pass to them, DeAndre Swift had like three drops yesterday. Adrian Peterson, we already know he's got no hands. Um, so, carry on Johnson, I don't even think he's capable of running a route. Yeah, carry on. Karen's a tough fantasy guy. He's a he's just he is underperformed. We drafted him. He had one or two huge weeks. He got hurt, and it's never been the same since. And you know, it's hard to it's hard to say it, but it, I think it might be time to kind of part ways and let Karen be that third stringer that gets a couple snaps here and there. That's but that just shows you how Are you guys out on Swift. Are you guys completely no, out? No, I'm not out on him. I mean, he's yeah, definitely he's definitely mentally. Fucked. Imagine your very first game. Imagine your very first game and you drop game-winning touchdown, ruin the entire season. Every Lions fan hates you in your very first career game for that franchise. I mean, he's mentally out. I don't know how he wouldn't be. And then, and and plus, uh, a forty-year-old just completely usurped your role and became the star of the show and was given I mean, a star of the game by Jonathan Vilma. When it comes to that, so I guess, like, I wouldn't be mad if I was Swift. I mean, he is, like, pretty great. Uh, to add to that, on AP side of things, after the game, like, you never see any Lions players, like, tweet out anything, like, we'll get it next week or something like that, like a positive. Like, positive. They know they're not. They know they're not going to. But AP tweeted it out. AP tweeted out, like, a positive tweet, like, just a, a minor setback and we'll be back. Like, as a Lions fan, you got to love that. Here's what I hate. Everyone tweeting like, hey, stay away from Swift. Stop uh, stop coming after Swift. No one is doing that. Have you seen any negative tweets at Swift at all? No. That's what I hate. And then there's the people who are acting like, uh, uh, like who was it? TJ Lang, I think. Like, don't go. Or no, it's it Snacks Harrison. Because Snacks Harrison hates Detroit fan base. No one was saying shit about Swift. No one. Mm, believe me, we know that this little rookie, it's not his fault that our franchise is doomed for eternity. He just happened to be drafted. He's screwed. His career is lionized, as I like to say. He's probably going to be a scrub now. Even though if he played for the Patriots or something, he'd probably be a stud. No, we're not mad at Swift. We're mad at Patricia. We're mad at just I don't even I don't even know what I'm mad at because at this point it's shown that it's not the coach, it's not the quarterback, it's not the players. We could have the flipping eighty six Bears suit up in Lions gear and they would have won five games. That's that's what we're looking at. As for I, I, Jacobs, you mentioned fantasy. What what's the deal with your fantasy tweets yesterday on how you love fantasy, how fantasy is the best? What the hell is going on there? You know, it just brings a lot of excitement into different things we're doing, and really, without having Sunday ticket, it's it's about the the best way to follow and like see who's scoring on what team and different things. And then you know, we did. Um, we were watching Sunday night football and we did, we just like looked at creating a league and creating the most bizarre scoring format ever. And like putting in defensive players and like all these different things you can do with the fantasy. It just, you know, we're not really going to pay attention to it, but just like having that draft in between the four o'clock ish games and the night game was, it was pretty fun. And it was kind of a, a wake up to like, Oh, okay. We could, yeah, I can use this to distract myself from. I'm a Lions and I'm a Jaguars fan. Yo-yo's, it's not exactly smooth sailing. Yo-yo's nerd nerd meter is about to like explode. Were you drafted after the first games were played? Yeah, I mean that that is a little different. 
I would say, but I guess whatever suits your boat, whatever floats your boat, man. I mean, if you if you want to draft it the first week, go for it. Um, it's still fancy. It still points. Uh, it works out. If you want to go back to Yonder Swift for a minute, uh, people were kind of roasting him on Twitter. Uh, there is a profile <laughs> literally called Yonder Swift's hands. And it's like a like dumb guy like sitting like on like the profile picture. That's like and twenty then, that's like two thousand thirteen Twitter at its best right there. Uh Zion <laughs> Williamson shoe. Yeah, people just saying like Man, DeAndre, uh Clay Travis, DeAndre Swift just Georgia the game winning catch for the Lions and cost him the game. Goodness. He needs to walk home. What a drop. Like little <laughs> shit like that that just Adds up over time. Mentally, like you said, he is um, ramen noodles. Ramen noodles. All right, so to, to wrap up on the Lions, I, so their over-under for wins is six and a half. They got Green Bay next week. Do we have? Do we give them any shot? Is it? Do they have any shot against Green Bay first off, and then do they have any shot of winning at least seven games? Uh, let's start with Jacobs. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm giving them a shot against Green Bay. For whatever reason, when Stafford's on the field – they always step it up and play better against Green Bay. They do. They do. Now, will they blow it? There's a pretty high chance that they're in the game the whole time, and the last you know five minutes belongs to Green Bay. But the Lions are going to be in it. They're going to give themselves a shot. You know, one silly Packers mistake here or there down the stretch could be the Lions' game. It's it's hard to know. Seven wins. I mean, what we lost seven times in the fourth quarter last year. Like we had a lead seven. There's a shot. It's not It's not a high one. It's outside. I would say we're probably a five-win team. But, we, you know, just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. It could be seven. It could be eight. We could be down the stretch looking at a potential, you know, sneak in as a wild card team to the playoffs. But I don't think that's what's going to happen. But you can't rule it out. The NFL is crazy every year. And some, some team does something wild every year and makes it or doesn't make it that should or shouldn't have. So I think... I, I'm not going to rule out that over or under of wins. I think it's a possibility. Balls. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree. Um, I think they're a little better than you guys give them credit for. Sure, they dropped the, the game-winning pass, but, dude, it's just, this is week one. Shit happens week one. No, that, no, that's coming from an Eagles fan. No, dude, dude, you're in the same boat as us, man. Accept it. Your team's ass. I, Your team's gonna ass. No, uh, we're going to get there in two seconds. Here's the thing that pisses me out with the Lions. Why can't I just become a fan of some other team? Like a yo-yo ball. Why can't I just become a bandwagon Eagles fan? Uh, a franchise yeah, no, that doesn't have to deal I mean, with this like, bullshit. That's hilarious. Why, I, I want to be – I want to so be – how you think that. I want to be a Steelers fan, but I just can't – these colors, these Honolulu blue colors, just they run deep. They're in me. I, there's nothing I can do about it for better or worse. Uh, I – Enjoy it, man. Enjoy the hell out of that. <laughs> but if you are interested in watching uh, the Lions games, uh, go to Rivals, Tap House and Grill. Uh, they're open. You know the NFL football. They got over 22 high-def TVs. Yo-Yo Ball, that's his favorite spot. I know he likes to post up in the corner uh, booth with uh, maybe get some beers, some cheese yeah. balls, some, some mac and cheese, cheese balls bites. Mozzarella sticks. Mozzarella sticks on top of that. I can picture your order. Cheese balls, mozzarella sticks, and spicy cheese balls. Just <laughs> all straight fried cheese. <laughs> me. Yo-Yo's favorite vegetable, And cheese. beer. And beer. The main food groups. But that's Rivals Tab. I'm going to go right on the corner of M21. All right, let's get to the Eagles. Uh, we've teased Yo-Yo Ball enough. Let me just get my thoughts out on this game. I didn't watch a second of this game, 
But the unintended humor of watching the Eagles go up 17-0, me going and mowing the yard at halftime of the Lions game, and then coming back and seeing the ticker scroll back across my screen with the score tied 17-17, with Dwayne Shitty Haskins leading the charge of the comeback on this Washington for this Washington football team. That uniforms are the ugliest things I've ever seen. Their t- name is horrible. Their logo's horrible. And the Eagles are like all hands on deck, like we're about to win the Super Bowl this year. And this is the type of shit you're dealing with. You're losing to the Washington football team. <laughs> oh my god. I don't I, I mean I just don't know. That's almost a worse loss than the Lions because at least with ours, there was like some humor and some entertainment and some just unbelievable like moments. Whereas yours was just flat out, we suck. Okay, so let, let's start out with this. Um, entering the plane, when the Eagles got on the plane, I think it was a, um, it was like a Friday, Friday morning, Friday afternoon when I read. They got on the plane. Here's who didn't make the trip. All starters, okay? Didn't make the trip, all injured. Starting running back, Miles Sanders. Starting right tackle, Lane Johnson, starting right guard, Brandon Brooks, starting left tackle, Andre Dillard, starting D tackle, Javon Hargrave, Mr. Fatty. They literally just signed him in the offseason. Like, for some reason, didn't make the trip for God knows why. Starting wideout, Alshon Jeffrey, and starting defensive end in his third year in the NFL, Derek Barnett. All those guys didn't make the trip. Talk about these, this Eagles team from the from um, the Super Bowl, what they thought was the Super Bowl hangover year to now. It has been walking in the games unhealthy. Literally, it's like 12 <laughs> guys didn't even play that are, like, are supposed to start. They, they signed them to mill a lot of money. And for some reason, they just didn't make the trip. Like to me, that okay, to me, that is a huge sign. Maybe get some new trainers in the building. Why, like, maybe do something like that. Like, why is everyone getting injured all the time? That's awful. Like, this this is a team that has been injury-driven since they came, actually, from the Super Bowl as well. <laughs> Shit, that's what didn't even do the Super Bowl. Like, it's a realization that this team has never been, I've never seen this Eagles team of who they have, like, drafted and what they have made at 100% health. Since they like built the team, ever. Do you ever think about? It's kind of crazy watching an NFL game. How many guys get injured during the games? It's like it every five un- minutes, somebody's down on the floor, on the field. It is unbelievable. So okay, get this. Talk about a guy that like you loved growing up and like <laughs> been on the on like the team since like old. He's kind of like the old like veteran in the wide receivers group. Sean Jackson. <laughs> What, what is this guy even, like, doing, man? Like, he was on the field. Snap count was 53% of the time. This is supposed to be, like, the leader of, like, the, the wideout room. And everyone was, like, speculating after the game, like, oh, did, did Sean Jackson get hurt? He then goes on Twitter and just says, for the record, I wasn't hurt or I didn't get hurt. We good. Uh, no, you're not good. He's lost to the Washington football team. You're not sure. <laughs> Here's what's funny about that. He, and he, he, he tweeted at like 10 o'clock at night. He probably, 10 o'clock at night, the, the night, like after they lost. Like, oh, don't worry about the team. Just worry about me. For the record, I was not hurt. 
and I am I didn't get hurt. I just it's almost worse. I'd rather get hurt because he was on the field half of the plates. That explains why he was so bad. Well, what was the deal with him this offseason? What did he say? Some anti-Semitic remarks or what was the deal? Yeah, no, he he had a little knock and said something about Nazis and Jews and drew like a swastika on his Instagram story. And yeah, long story short, this guy is like this guy's the leader of your wide receiver room. This guy's an idiot. His his career from that moment to now. (laughs) (laughs) But let me me continue. Uh, The biggest thing I like to look. um, I always like the snap counts, as you as I told you. Uh, on the Lions side, I looked at their snap counts. I'm not looking at the Eagles. There are only five guys. This there are five guys total on the offensive side of the ball that played 100 percent of snaps, and then it drops off. No one even plays like 96 or didn't even miss a couple. Drops off to 75. <laughs> Like, like, what What does that even do? Like, okay, here's the people that play how did, How would you rate Wentz's, uh, Wentz's performance? It's the, worst, it's the worst performance that he's had since he's been an Eagle. Well, I tell you what, he's definitely going to get hurt again if he keeps getting hit as much as he is. Eight, I don't care who you had on the line. Eight sacks is ridiculous. Yeah, get this. That's what I'm saying. So, Nate Herbig, Isaac Stramalo, Jason Peters, Jason Kelsey <laughs> – Four of the five offensive linemen were on the field 100% of the time. You'd think they'd be like a stud if they were on the line like 100% of the time. No, they were just like winging doors. They were like <laughs> saloon doors for Carson Wentz. <laughs> they were saloon doors. Eight, eight sacks. Like, Dude. To get that much, he didn't know where. They seemed tweety birds. I hate to say it. It's time not for this offensive line to be. It's time for Carson Wentz to call it a career. This guy has been bust city since that one good year. I wouldn't uh, two good years, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't even like put it on mine. Like him having like an Andrew Luck like career. Like I could see him like two years and just retire. Who? Uh, okay, let me let me offer you a trade, Matt Stafford for Carson Wentz. You're an idiot if you don't accept that trade. Yeah, I mean that stuff. Can't put me on the spot like that. I, I don't know Carson Wentz. I'm just it's, he's so beloved in Philly for some weird ass reason. No, he's really Everyone, not. Like, as, as much as like people want to hate him, people know like no one hates Wentz. So I, I I'm sticking with Wentz for now, just because he's got a little bit of spring chicken in him. Uh, he hasn't got hurt yet. I guess he's got a little bit of a dad bod. That's like the thing going on the locker room. Everyone's calling him like a like a fat a fatty now. He's like a dad bod. But uh, I don't know. It's just and then like another thing. It's like another weird thing. Eagles front office. When you really think about it, you have Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, two very very good tight ends. Okay. But they're not going to pay Zach Ertz. They have this huge thing going on. Like, for some reason, they're not going to pay him. Why wouldn't you pay him? He's one of the top five tight ends in the league. Why wouldn't you pay Zach Ertz? Because Goddard's so, better. No, I, I don't think he's better. I mean, Zach Ertz is <laughs> top of the game. Um, Julie Ertz, like, that's a great little, like, celebrity couple. Um, it's just a great – it's a great – I don't know why. It's just – other than that, the one positive I can take away, um, I'm going to call him – RBs. Uh, hopefully, we get a lot more of them over the years. Uh, Rager bombs. Hopefully, we get a lot more Rager bombs. Uh, this is a 55 yard absolute launch cannon from Wentz. And Rager comes down with it and has a great, if you didn't watch the highlight, flings the ball up in the air. Like, this dude's going to be a stud. Was so, that his only catch? Yes, they call it a catch. No, was that his only catch? No. 
Oh. But that was oh. the big one. Yeah. The big one. Rager bomb. You know what? Even if that was his only catch, give me like give me eleven more Rager bombs during the year and I'm happy. Just sixty yarders, just him flying downfield. <laughs> throwing the ball in the air. I love that. Did now the Eagles have who next week? Uh, next week they have the Pingle. Or sorry, the LA Rams. LA Rams. Wow. Not a who are fresh off of beating the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, the game's going to be a tough one. I'll tell you that much. And I think Wentz has like a scarring in his mind because that was the first time he got injured against mm-hmm. the Rams. It was like week 16, 15, 16, uh, the year of the Super Bowl. And so he's got a little bit of like PTSD when it comes to the Rams. So they're going to lose that game. Uh, we'll see. We'll see, I guess. I mean, I got a little they're hope. They're going to lose that game. Uh, they're probably going to lose that game, yeah. But I'm, I'm already prepared for it. And yeah, who do the Lions got? Oh, Packers. They got Packers. All right, yeah. fair enough. Uh, all right, moving forward, uh, the Browns. I just kind of wanted to touch on them first. Like, I mean, good lord, son! You talk about one fan base that might have it worse than the Lions. I think it might be the Browns. Oh, Odell Beckham yeah, Jr., Baker Mayfield, Jarvis—they just get absolutely their doors blown off week after week. They—they <laughs> they looked about like what o- OBJ enjoys in the bedroom. Yeah, they—they they, okay. First off. I've actually kind of changed my tune. I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. actually did that. I think I've changed my opinion. I don't think no, it's real. Okay. Yeah, he did. I don't I think like he did. I believe that he did. It's way better that way. It is much better, but I don't think – I can't really – go ahead, Balls. Uh, no, I hope he did do that. Wow, that's so funny. Can you imagine, like, uh, flying somebody out like a, like, a, like a private plane just go like shit on your chest? <laughs> feeding her feeding her like Panda Express <laughs> that's just dude that is like cruel <laughs> and unusual punishment to yourself there <laughs> I can just see it where it's like he you know how like over time like you become like accustomed to things like watching like five or ten years he's gonna have someone like yo-yo ball just take a big old rip right on his chest He's, it's, he's gonna switch over to having maybe a guy do it, not in a sexual so, way, but just in a he just likes the feeling it. of the poop on his chest. <laughs> what do you think, like, Ravens corners like saying to him, like sitting there, like oh, playing like shit, or do you like shit, like stupid shit, like, that? like <laughs> do you like shit? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, imagine all this. Imagine all the shit he's getting, uh, like, during the games. He's probably, like, mentally drained from it. Like, is, I can't do this anymore, guys. Is there a more hated team in the world than the Browns? They got, they're they so swaggy. They're everyone, like, they were the trendy pick every year. And yet they just suck every year. I mean, I think the Cowboys are probably more hated than the Browns. But, yeah, I mean, the Browns constantly are underwhelming, right? Just like you said, they they have it pretty bad. It's our year. It's uh, a boom. Smacked by the Ravens week one. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, of all teams to start out your year with, that's the last team I want to play with. <laughs> I mean, you knew Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you knew it. Win. He was about to spin, yep. Like, it was already like you were like, you know that uh, GIF of like everybody like dancing like to their, like with their casket? You know what I'm talking about? Like everyone's like dancing, like holding like a casket, like dancing to their death. Not that's really. pretty much what it was. Um, I'll have to tweet that out. Really, really 
Yeah, I, that is the last team I would have wanted to have played week one. Lamar Jackson is, I, he seems to be just 100% the real deal. How, dude, like every game, he just goes off every game. I don't understand how he does it. Uh, did you see his juke move where he like pretty much like was going full speed and put the brakes on like and stopped like 100%? Dude, flew pa- Brown's, uh, Brown's guy flew past him with his head down. Like, like tackled the air like into the sideline. Like, absolutely stopped. And the best part about Lamar Jackson is that, like, I I feel like usually like quarterback, like NFL quarterback, is like a little more professional usually than Lamar Jackson. Like when it comes to, like social media, like so Lamar Jackson like put that clip on his uh, Insta story afterwards. It was like, damn, didn't know you did. It. I did him like this, like <laughs> little little stuff like that. Like that's that's why I love Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Uh, Yep. Yeah, yeah. You gotta love the Lamar Jackson, the sunglasses from last year. You see that picture everywhere all the time. That picture is awesome. I mean, you have to. This guy is electric on the football field. You love watching him. He's always gonna make big plays. And like Fat said, somehow week in and week out, guy just balls out. You think he's gonna slow down? He never does. Unless an injury. Knock on wood. Right. Uh, speaking of a team that did like really didn't ball out as much as we thought, uh, I tweeted it out. I thought it was a pretty funny tweet. It got a little bit of likes. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got absolutely throttled. Uh, Tom- yeah, throttled is a understatement. All right, so Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, they got absolutely throttled. Uh, <laughs> All this like news of like Tampa Bay coming out like Tom Brady's going to take Tampa Bay to the Super Bowl. They sign all these like new guys, uh, Leonard Fournette, uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, like already on the team, but like just like all these weapons. Apparently, like, we actually I think the, how I described it last podcast was like Tom Brady has like a if he was Batman, he's like his like artillery belt is like hundred percent full. <laughs> he's not missing any uh, darts or artillery shells. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, he's got everything. He's got smoke grenades. He's got everything. Um, Batarang. Batarang. Bat, uh, Batarang. Batmobile. Batmobile keys. He's got everything, yeah. And turns out, he used nothing. It was all fool's gold. It was that whole team. <laughs> I don't know if it's quite fool's gold, but... Yeah, I think that's fool's a pretty hot gold. take. I would... I would say it's the same thing as the Browns and the way of like you don't want to come out and play the Saints week one. The Saints know who they are. They're they're a solid team, and the Saints are going to be good again this year. And you know the Bucks clearly they haven't put it together. There's not a lot of team chemistry there. There's a lot of going on, and Brady's in a new offense. I don't think they're you know they're a little oversold for how good originally it was said they were going to be, but they're going to be a solid team and. They showed some signs that they're going to be decent, and Ronald Jones actually looked a lot better than I thought he was going to look. So it's hard to read, but like the Bucks, they're not a bad team. Obviously, they get whooped week one. It's funny. Everyone likes that, and you get to hear ESPN talk about it, but they're not a bad team, and they're going to, they're going to be better, and they're going, to, they're going to show some people they can still ball. Here's what was was a good point that it was actually, I think it was like Big Cat from Barstool Major, where he basically said whatever happens week one, whether they look super good or super bad, everyone's going to like overreact to that way. So everyone like Yo-Yo Ball saying how it's all fool's gold. <laughs> one game against the New Orleans Saints at the Saints, and he's already willing to say they are 100% fool's gold. I'll say this. I thought when Brady threw that pick six, I was like, this could get ugly. Like, yeah. this could get... 
uh, Michael Jordan in Wizards uniform shades of ugly. But then, of course, it's Tom Brady, very next possession. He goes right down the field and scores. So it's like, yeah, there, there, it's going to be some growing pains, obviously. I mean, you go your first game is at the Saints. Like, that's not an easy uh, first game to start with. And the fact that it's like probably COVID, they probably haven't been able to do as much like the fact there was no preseason probably screwed over the Bucks more than anyone else in the entire league because it's just like you said, it's so many new guys and like they're basically a completely new offense with the guys they do have. So it's like if they they had no way to really be prepared for like the New Orleans Saints until yeah. the second half when they finally started to kind of figure it out. Yeah, agreed. But um, good to have a little pretty much of a hot take here. But I'm gonna rattle off the next six games for the Bucks, and you tell me how many wins you're gonna have. I gotta sneeze. Oh, I wanna... <laughs> what a tease! Well, while while Yo Yo is sneezing, okay, let's what's get. What's your Vegas over under on wins? Isn't it eight and a half for any team? No, for the Bucks. <laughs> I'm all right. Uh, what's my biggest over under on teams? No, 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 no. The Bucks. Go on with your your next six weeks. Okay, so the next six weeks for the Buccaneers, they are uh, is Panthers on Sunday. Uh, Panthers win. Charger win. They're going to lose to the Panthers. They're going to beat the Chargers. They're, they're going to lose, lose to the Panthers. Panthers. Yeah, they're going to lose the Panthers. I All right. Um, Chargers. Win. Packers. Where's that? L. Uh, it's um, it's in Tampa. It's it's a win. No, See, I think you know. It like matter really because like this crowd is like aren't even like a factor. But like we'll keep going here. Um. Broncos, Bears, Raiders. Uh, those could be all three losses. So, they win four games. That's my prediction there. I'm thinking like two. <laughs> so I, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm, I, it's not the easiest schedule. It's not the toughest schedule. I'd say it's like a, it's like a moderate to a little bit of a harder part, like the next six weeks. But um, I don't know. I just what I'm really, really hating right now are Patriots fans. They are like laughing so hard on <laughs> Tom leaves. They're like, oh, we're going to be like, – I was. everyone was waiting for them to be so bad. And then here's Cam Newton dancing in the end zone, man, spiking the ball. He's like having a blast out there. Like they, they, it looks like they didn't even like lose a step. I mean, it, granted, it was the Dolphins. Yeah. But. And it wasn't like they were lighting it up on the – like, yeah, Cam Newton happened to score both the touchdowns pretty much. But it's not like they were lighting up the scoreboard with points. Here, one last thing on the Saints game before we get into the uh, Cam Newton and the Patriots. Why is it every goddamn Saints game I watch, Drew Brees has a new, like, record ball that they have to set aside and, like, put in some case? Dude, like, at what point do these record balls, like, maybe wait until the last game of your career? Like, obviously you're going to keep breaking these records over and over and over again, so you might as well just wait until your last game. Then take that. I, I guess. I guess if you were to ask Drew Brees about these these footballs and these game balls, not a fucking obsession game with footballs. He wouldn't want that. I don't think he'd want that. I think he would trade in every single one of those like record breaking balls for one Super Bowl ring. He would love that. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't maybe I'm wrong, but the ball that he would have got was he passed Peyton Manning for the most ever multi-touchdown thrown games, right? Like he's number two ever on like two or more touchdowns in a game. Pretty sure that was, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so he, cool. 
Yeah, like, yes, he's going to keep breaking records, but it's not like, you know what I mean? It isn't that, oh, he has the he has the passing yards record, yeah. and now every time he hits a thousand more, they're going to give him a new ball. Like, he, he did achieve something pretty cool and do, you know, I think he really wants a ball. Yes, yeah. no, I don't know exactly where that stands, but, you know, it's a, it's a big achievement, and guys he's been competing with his whole life, passing those guys in multi-touchdown games is a big deal, so... I mean, it at least needs to be noted by other people, even if, you know, it isn't Breeze's. Like, that's important as a coach and, like, someone who's stayed with a team for his entirety of a career. Like, Drew Breeze is a pretty spectacular football player. I got a lot of respect for him. So, you know, I think he at least deserves people to be like, yeah, we should keep Dude, this ball. Dude, he's been doing this for, like, 10 years, though. He's been doing this for, like, 10 years. I remember Monday night football game, like, touchdown pass to Jimmy Graham. He set, like, the touchdown record, like, 10 years ago. So at at what point is it a little bit too much? And don't act like he doesn't want these footballs. If he didn't want these footballs, there's not they're not saving every single damn ball because it's probably costing them like a hundred thousand dollars every year for how many balls he's saving. <laughs> Do you think he has a football room like just like a like one room in his in his house where it's like it's all like game balls? It must be. He's got so many goddamn so many goddamn many. I mean, holy yeah. shit! The yeah. thing and here's the thing with. Like, Drew, I I like Drew Brees, but and obviously the football thing is a little bit over overdone. But the thing that bothers me the most about it is there is some equipment manager who, with every completion, every time that goddamn ball comes off the field, this guy guards this ball with his life and thinks it's like <laughs> the most important job, like it's the most precious cargo in the world that this. 5,439 passing yards in a career gets safely placed into Drew Brees' backpack. And it gets labeled. Like, you know, you know, you know how it goes. You know that there's for sure some jackass that's doing that. I don't know. The exact scenario, like, he's got it, like, tucked away like this. No, you can't touch it. I'm like, a player ask, hey, come on, get a ball. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, we got anything, uh, any other NFL games we want to touch on uh, before we move on to the I NBA? Just, I just want to add to that that you know, if LeBron James was getting all these these different accolades and reward, like you would not be talking on it the same way as you are with Drew Brees. It's a little overdone. It's a, like LeBron's getting a lot of different. He's a new this playoff record holder. Like every game I seem to watch the Lakers, yeah, some something to do with the playoffs. He's getting, and yes, granted. You know, there's not a ball that they're saving for him. But exactly, that's the difference. It's not LeBron saving these balls every time, which what Drew Brees yeah, is Drew doing. Drew Brees is the one going out of his way to like make sure the ball doesn't get moved. I'm like, other people are told to do that for him. Yeah, there's no way that they're just doing that. Like, <laughs> just some equipment managers just deciding to do that. No, that's Drew Brees. I've seen videos of Drew Brees going and grabbing the ball from the guy who caught the touchdown and like running it to the sideline. But and that's the difference. You know, LeBron has has the same exact thing going. Where every night he goes out there and plays, he's going to set a new record. So why do you keep saving these balls every fucking night? Wait until you retire the last game of the year, week sixteen, then get your ball. Yeah. He's going to have all those records. You're going to throw a touchdown pass that day. You're going to throw some passing yards that day. You're going to have like a, I don't even know what else other other records he has completions. All that is going to be tied into that same exact ball. So just hold on to that one. You don't need 400 in the process. You don't need to have Aaron Andrews do this same little spiel on the sideline every end of every first quarter. At the end of every first quarter, this is like a 
planned segment in on the Saints sideline. Oh, look at this. Here's the championship ball with the writing on it. Like, just put it away. We get it. You got you set a new record every time you touch the ball. Uh, I'd be curious to see how many balls he actually has now because this really frustrates Fats. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, you're, you're getting bent over, bent out of shape. All, this. <laughs> but, <laughs> all right. Uh, I, speaking of you know football and how it's played in the fall, also just in time for fall. Ever feel that these new online clothing companies are so repetitive? Instead, would you rather rip some darts, crush the bush lights? What do you think, guys? Crush the bush lights? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm in dry season. Thanks. Oh, okay. Well, fling some arrows? Yeah. Well, the buck stops here. Come visit J.O. Outfitters on Instagram at J.O. underscore Outfitters and check out our website that is linked in their bio. Hats will be coming fresh off the press for everyone and their mother and father, along with electric news about hunters harvesting monsters in your local area. I've actually seen a couple already because right now is the youth hunt stage, a.k.a. Uh, father goes out with a really, really like young kid and like the father shoots the deer and then puts the young kid's tag on it. And the young kid like takes a picture with it. Um, but wait, there's more. If you send us a picture of you and your animal this year, we will feature you on the website and Instagram page. Who doesn't love a good feature? J O outfitters. Speaking of, uh, a great, uh, feature, uh, scrambled legs pod. Uh, we have the man, the myth himself, Mr. Noah Jacobs, who started it with his brother, uh, who joined about halfway through the creation, Mr. Ben Jacobs. They talk about everything uh, from running to track to cross country to just basically track in general, like the other events, to even the Cruising Altitude podcast, which is basically a grab bag. of What's the most random thing you guys have ever talked about? Random thing we've ever talked. I-, I would probably say just like ranking different moves probably honestly like a podcast we did with yo-yo talking about uh hypothetical sports games we wanted to be at from movies specifically probably the most random thing we've ever done okay let me give my thoughts on this uh the the most obvious answer to this one is space jam i mean there's aliens there's michael jordan put on an absolute clinic there's bugs bunny it's a packed house that's the most you're playing on like a spaceship right and that's the most obvious one yeah, no, it was named. But Yo-Yo yeah, probably had Vince Papali, uh invincible, uh, watching him uh, force a fumble. Yeah, I mean, that was a real thing. I mean, not that play, but Vince Papali's a real guy. <laughs> Wait, so. that, play never ha- that play never happened? No. <laughs> so his career was mostly null and void. I mean, he did block a pump, but he didn't scoop it up and run it for a touchdown. <laughs> He blocked the punt, though. Yeah, but he never scored. I mean, he did score. He scored a lot of touchdowns, like on special teams, but not that exact play. (laughs) He didn't. He didn't block the punt and then like scoop it up and score it. Like, no, that did not happen. (laughs) All right, Uh, moving on. Uh, Quick pick'em podcast recap. Yo, yo, I I went four and one this weekend in college football. Uh, How did you do? I actually, so I, I won on New England. I won on Washington, uh, unfortunately. I won on Baltimore. I won on uh, Chicago, unfortunately, as well. Um, I had one loss. It was in uh, Indianapolis really let me down. So we're both tied right now, four and one. I went four and one in the NFL. That's, you know what? That's, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty damn good Sunday. Uh, more of that coming. Uh, potential guest picker coming next week as well. Check that out. That's every single Friday on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram. The Fast X Pick them week two. Two guys going 4-1 and one in picks. That's something that uh, doesn't happen every day. But all right, 
Jacobs, we see the hat, the Los Angeles Lakers. They are officially my team that I've been rooting for all season, even more than the Pits, the Pistons. I love LeBron. They're absolutely cooking with gas right now. Just no other way to put it. Just absolutely cooking with gas. They got a, uh, they're, but they're waiting uh, to see who they're even going to play between Game 7 of the Denver Nuggets, who basically no one gave them a shot whatsoever, no. other than the guys in that locker room, and the Clippers. Game 7 tomorrow night. On Tuesday, we're recording this on a Monday. Uh, how do we see that game going? Do you, does Jokic and Murray, do they have any shot in the world against the the Terminator that is Kawhi Leonard? I mean, they definitely got a shot, but, right, you got to look at it. And it, the closer it is, is, right, the slower and closer it is, the better it is for the Nuggets. But the Clippers just, they just have that. If I don't know if they can turn it on or not. Right now, they haven't shown that they're going to turn it on. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, down the stretch, those guys – they're game winners. They're bucket getters. They've they've been there before in big playoff scenarios. This Nuggets team hasn't. And while they can play, you're talking about Nikola Jokic, who looks like he's moving in .75 times speed up and down the court. If that guy is going to beat you, then the Clippers clearly did not deserve a shot at winning the championship. Regardless, I think either one of these teams, neither one of them have looked sharp enough to actually beat the Lakers or compete with the Lakers over seven games. But... Yeah, I mean, I got to think Clippers are going to win this one by 12. It's going to be safe, and it's really going to be a kind of boring game. Jokic has – it's funny because he is slow, but if me and you were to race him down to NBA basketball court, he would dust us. That's kind of what's crazy to uh, think about that. He – yes, he would. Don't even right, – no, not even a, no, speak for no, yourself, buddy. Not even a – the guy's seven foot. Okay. An NBA-conditioned athlete. What do you want? Do you have any idea how big an NBA court is? He can play a full game. That doesn't mean he's fast. He's Uh, conditioned. (laughs) He's both. He's quick. You're saying that if you got a fast break, you'd be able to go coast to coast in an NBA game? Against Nikola Jokic, if all I had to do was beat him in a foot race? Yes. I mean, would he probably block the shit out of me by the time I, like, stutter step my way into shooting a layup? Yeah, but if you tell me to run some 22-second drills from Corona High School and you're telling me I'm not going to cook Nikola Jokic, you are out of your mind. I I don't know, man. I, I really don't think you would. His stride alone. His stride alone. Yeah, that's what I mean. One down, like one race down the court, he's beating you. 100%. No. no. Yes. Nikola Jokic, come on in. I'll take you anytime. So let, let me ask here. Um, I don't know where to go from there. As you know, uh, not the biggest NBA guy over here. So I'm going to ask you guys some questions. Um, starting with this game seven, if you were to bet on the – or like just saying like just the line. Is this line a little too much? Is it good? Like if bettors are looking at this line, what are they saying? It's the Clippers at seven and a half. Um, is that even going to happen? I think the Clippers will go. I think you got to go, dude. The Nuggets have played in four straight game sevens in every single one of their playoff series. Like they're just used to it. And and, and so I, I mean seven like and a half. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I, I think it's going to be a really close game. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Clippers pull away and end up winning by ten in the last like few minutes or so. But I think it's going to be a really close game. I mean they are they are made for this situation. The Clippers I feel like have been overrated all year. Play, you got Playoff P, who finally showed up somewhat in Game 6, even though he couldn't guard Jamal Murray whatsoever. But at least he was scoring. I think he had like just a little bit over 30 points. 
Yep. Kawhi Leonard, I know Kawhi Leonard. Okay, we don't need to comment on him. We know what Kawhi Leonard is. But other than that, like <laughs> they act like they, 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 people have been acting like they are so much better than the Lakers all season, and I'm sick of it. What has shown you that? What has shown you that? I mean, I, I've what has shown you that. There's nothing for me to. I mean, I'm more interested <laughs> in the Eastern Conference series than that. But the, I mean, the Clippers definitely have the talent and the experience and different guys. But all around, it's just like the Rockets. They're just a better version of that, and they're not. They're not able to fully piece it together. And you know, the the guys on the side and like no Patrick Beverly playing. Uh, Montrose Harrell hasn't been that great. Lou Williams hasn't been that great. Just all around, the Clippers are still kind of struggling to find exactly what they are, and that's why they're not a championship team this year. Here's what I love about this series, though, is it's a win-win for us. If if the Clippers win, then we get a Lakers and Clippers uh, Western Conference Finals, which is going to be awesome. And if the Nuggets win, then that's just a hell of a story, the fact that the Nuggets ended up beating the Clippers. And, and it's an easier route for the Lakers, which is basically the end goal for me this year, get LeBron his fourth title. Is there so of, of all the teams remaining? We got the Celtics, right? We got the Lakers. Obviously, we're going to have the Nuggets or uh, the Clippers. And then on the other side, why am I drawing a blank? Oh, the Miami Heat. Miami Heat. Of those teams, like who gives them the biggest threat? You think it's got to be the Clippers? Let's say, let's say Clippers aside. So Nuggets, Heat, or Celtics? It's it's not the Nuggets. Um, I I don't think the Nuggets have a real way to match up with LeBron or Anthony Davis. They don't really have enough guys to throw out those two. Um, the Heat defensively are a pretty sound team. It's it's pretty hard to stop both those guys, and now with the addition of Ronda. I think defensively the Heat are going to be that team, but you know the Celtics are just so young, and like they get up and down the floor pretty well. And if someone can can get in Anthony Davis's way between Ennis Cantor, Daniel, uh, Daniel Tice, and um, they've got one more, young, I believe like Grant Williams, Robert Williams, like they have one more younger center if they can throw guys at him but i think uh the heat give him the biggest problem with bam Adebayo on ad and then a combination of igadala jay crowder jimmy butler guarding lebron throughout the game is going to be the toughest and other guys are going to have to step up but i mean lebron and ad have already showed this playoffs that they're going to find a way to get the job done and you know like you can't just win a game with only two guys but they're going to get as close as they can with only two guys to winning games yeah so uh, my little take on this might need Jacobs might need your help with this one. Oh, I'll phone the phone a friend here. No, no worries. But uh, Nuggets, you said during a little uh, break here, who's in the starting lineup? Paul Millsap. Paul Millsap <laughs> started Game Six. Yeah, think about that. When you want to talk about the Nuggets' event, Paul Millsap started in Game Six. So, okay, the Nuggets if they make it and they play the Heat or and, and they play the Lakers, they're gonna get. Talk about saloon doors. They're going to get absolutely their doors blown up. Paul Millsap against, like, Anthony Davis? Oh, my. That is that is awful. Okay. That, 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 I have no even reason to watch that. Continuing, uh, you have the Celtics. Uh, they have Jason Tatum, correct? Yes. Yes. Uh, okay, throw him on LeBron. I guess that's a pretty good whatever. Pretty good little showdown. Yeah. Uh, Still, who's going to guard Anthony Davis? Nobody. Um, okay, you go to the Heat now. You have the most electric guy in the playoffs so far, Jimmy Butler. Okay, uh, dude, I'm I'm tired of people saying Jimmy Butler is the most electric guy in the playoffs. You touched on it last podcast. Goran Dragic was huge in the series against the Bucks, and while Jimmy Butler is yes a great basketball player and yes like the leader of the Heat, 
He scored like 10 points in game four and five when they won. Tyler Hero was lighting up the Bucks more. Bam Adebayo has been playing way more crucial minutes and just like having a way tougher job defensively and even on the offensive end and what he's doing. And Jimmy Butler is just Jimmy Butler in the heat. Jimmy Butler in the heat. The dude is not putting teams away by himself. And I'm just kind of tired of people like he's a great player. I want him on my team. Like the Heat are really good because of they're like nine guys deep. Not because Jimmy Butler is beating all these teams. Yes, he can hit big shots down the stretch. Yes, like he knows what to do in playoff scenarios. But it's not Jimmy Butler against the world. It's the Miami Heat as a full team, and that's why they're beating people. That's why they beat the Bucks because they knew how to control Giannis and stop. Like Jimmy Butler actually got locked up by Wesley Matthews for a fair amount of that series. I will stand by that. Here's the thing that I'll say. Okay, first off, no one is saying that. That is the first time those words have been uttered in history, that Jimmy Butler is the most electric player in the playoffs. Uh, that was a one-off comment just from way, Yo-Yo Ball. I don't know, just the, one, the clips I've seen, like some of the, I watched a few games. Uh, he seems like everyone's like a hater on him. Everyone's like an absolute hater on this guy, and he just keeps rolling through the playoffs. I don't know how. But like, here's okay. Sorry to cut you off. Second part. Second part. Uh, are you sure that you want to be talking about Jimmy Butler that way, uh, Jacobs? Because I wouldn't be shocked if he hears it and just comes and kicks your ass. I mean, he definitely would, but uh, there's no way he's taking time of day to come to Madison, Wisconsin to kick my ass. He's got way more haters than just me. And I said he's a good basketball player, but. You know, Jimmy Butler is not. I know. The reason that he I know. I know why you don't like him. He was. He was in Minnesota. I know it's not Wisconsin, but he's right down the road. Basically, shat on the entire state and city and and fan base and players and coaches, and got out of there. Is that maybe something to do with why you maybe aren't the biggest Jimmy Butler fan? Nope. Not. I don't have an issue with that at all. So let me. Let that me he shit on your up. basically shit on your region, your hometown. Your... I mean, he went to he went to college at Marquette, so really he gave Wisconsin a pretty good college career. So yeah. I wouldn't say he's shitting on Wisconsin. So check your oh. facts there. <laughs> End of the day, um, I'm thinking I'm agreeing with Jacobs when I say and when Jacob says that the Heat is going to be the best matchup for the Lakers. Um, I'm gonna say it again, but like I guess who else would you put on LeBron? I guess. It would put all the haters to sleep if uh, if Jimmy Butler came out and just locked LeBron up. Like that would be something I would love to watch. Um, and then I don't know, I'll throw like what Hassan Whiteside on like AD. And Hassan Whiteside does not play Trailblazers for the Miami Heat. Uh, uh, you would you would Bam Adebayo is a good defender. He was he's probably one of the most improved players of the year. Like he was in that voting. <laughs> he would guard Anthony Davis. Yo yo, this yeah, isn't this isn't NBA this isn't NBA two K thirteen, man. I mean Dwayne Wayne out Dwayne Wayne ain't on the heat. Yo yo is like yo yo's brain right now. He's looking at the Miami Heat roster. Chris Bosch, Dwayne Wade, uh, Birdman, Mike Miller. <laughs> the only guy that he knows for sure isn't on that roster anymore is he thinks Jimmy Butler took LeBron's place. That's about the only difference. And here's the thing. Like, how ironic would it be, like, if the Heat came back and, like, beat LeBron? Like, oh, the Heat! Like, the, LeBron was on the Heat. Like, the Heat beat him. Like, he, uh, what, what's his name? What, what The coach is still there. Uh, Eric Spolstra. Spolstra coming back and just beating LeBron. That'd be pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> It would. All right. Uh, speaking of one last thing before we wrap this up, uh, the Rockets 
Uh, I'm a big Rockets guy. They've officially been bounced. Their coach officially parted ways, D'Antoni. Rumors are swirling that he's going to the Pelicans. Uh, what do you do if you're the Rockets? If you're Daryl Morey, are you just blowing up this roster? James Harden claimed at, they're one piece away. You know, it's hard. I'd have to look at like contracts and difference because Russell Wilson or Russell Westbrook has signed on a giant deal, and you're not going to really be able to ship him off or anything. Like really blowing up this Houston scenario is going to be extremely hard, and you're not going to get that much out of it. In in the way I see it, and the way the NBA is kind of moving, so I feel like you you kind of have to attack it with the we're one piece away or two pieces away type of mindset. And I don't know exactly who they're going after. They need a bigger guy. They need a, a stretch four type of like if they had Kristaps Porzingis who could still spread the floor but was actually big and could rebound. They would be unbelievable, but it doesn't work with a Clint Capella, Andre Drummond side, like style guy who has to just camp in the paint and get in Russell Westbrook and James Harden's way. So if they can get a stretch big, that's probably the best way they can go to try and try and turn this thing into something it really is because they just showed on the, on the boards against the Lakers, they just can't compete with a team like that. And unless they're going to make, you know, 25 threes, they're not going to be able to beat a team that, that is that much bigger, more physical and better than them. Like PJ Tucker is one hell of a player. He goes out there and gets abused every night and plays 39 minutes and guards Anthony Davis and tries to do all the tough work on the glass. He needs some help. He doesn't have any down there. And, you know, Russell, Russell Westbrook and James Harden are getting all these long rebounds, but he just can't stop. There's enough really big NBA players that just can dominate those guys. And, you know, the Lakers are not a perfect three-point shooting team. They've shown you don't have to just be like a spray-and-pray team to win a title or to have a shot at winning a title. So the, the Rockets need to get some more sides, and, but they need to do it in the same way that it can keep the paint opened up. Basically, what I think they need to do is kind of like how Michael Jordan, if you watch The Last Dance, first you know four or five years of his career, he had Doug Collins as his coach, who basically made Michael Jordan like the point guard, basically like a James Harden, where he shot everything, yeah. passed everything, like everything ran through him. They need a Phil Jackson type to come in and take the ball out of Harden's hands and maybe teach this guy to play a little bit differently than he does. Because they ain't working, bud. And... What's sad about this Rockets team is the fact that they are now like I think their I think their reign is over. I really do. I they're gonna have to blow it up. Maybe Harden's the only guy they keep on this roster. The only guy that really survives. Probably Daryl Moore. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets fired either. They need oh. to just hit. They're gonna be a fun team to look back and play with on NBA 2K28, like the 2000. 18 Houston Rockets with Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook. That's about all they accomplished in this little experiment. Um, let me add on, like, who thought this system was going to work? Let's put <laughs> it was damn close. It was damn close. Let's put the two biggest ball hogs in the NBA. <laughs> who thought that was going to work, honestly? If you really think about that, like, I'm really, like, I've taken, like, a, like I've been, like, kind of in this conversation, but I took a step back. <laughs> And watched and looked at it. And you have James Harden, <laughs> a.k.a. double crossover step back, uh, jump shot. And then you have Mr. Floater himself, Russell Westbrook. Like, who, what what, what do you think was going to happen? Oh, yeah, let's bring Chris Paul in and let's see if he can make, like, teach them how to pass the ball. <laughs> <laughs> this is okay. Chris Paul's this not is, there at the same time as Russell Westbrook. One hell this, of a man. 
this, this is not gonna work. <laughs> I will say before you before you say anything, Jacobs, I will say this. The fact that if you were to ask somebody who does, knows nothing about like like a yo-yo ball who doesn't really watch the NBA, it does kind of when you think about it, you just look at it on paper. You go, what in the world were they trying to accomplish with these two guys on the same roster? It really does. Play the same position. Uh, they both like shoot like like literally the other three guy or the other four guys on the court. There are three guys if they're on the same court on the court at the same time. The other three guys are, like useless. They don't like do anything. Yeah, pretty much. Well, and they they built a roster that is kind of made for that though. And they've opened up the paint so that Russell Westbrook can drive and be a slasher and be aggressive like he was when he was younger, which has actually unlocked a better side to Russell Westbrook's game than what he was doing at the end of his time in OKC. And James Harden, they kind of let him play his iso ball. And when he's hot from three, you know, he's like impossible to guard, impossible to stop. Um, and then when he's struggling, he can take it into the paint and get fouled like nobody else. There were Here's, a couple games where he made like three shots against the Lakers, but scored almost 30 points because he just got to the free throw line over and over and over again. And he's one of the most efficient players in the NBA at doing that and converting on those. But like when I talk about it, P.J. Tucker, he's a Dennis Rodman. You just throw him down there, he gets abused. He shoots a couple corner threes on offense every game. That's about it. Eric Gordon is like the only guy out of that that kind of needs the ball and is going to take a lot of shots. But Covington, not really. Uh, Daniel House got injured, which actually could have been a big difference maker in the in the Lakers series, and defensively at least. So that stinks. But he's another, you know, he's not going to take a crap ton of shots. Austin Rivers, same way. He doesn't need a ton of shots. You can put him in alongside Westbrook or Harden, and he's going to distribute it off and kind of keep his space and let those guys do what they do. Is it a perfect system? No. Could it work? Absolutely. I do think that they're one to two pieces away from making something happen. But, you know, beating a LeBron James, Anthony Davis team, you've got to really have it going on to be able to do that. Here's what I'm going to say about Russell Westbrook. The guy's a complete fraud. Just an absolute fraud. Chris Paul, who's about 45 years old, basically traded roles with him and took a shitty Oklahoma City Thunder team, took the Rockets to Game 7, and if Chris Paul decides to maybe shoot the ball at the end of that game, they probably win. Like, it's a joke. The Rockets are a joke. It's No, they're not one piece away. They're not this way. They suck. I, and as a James Harden fan, it hurts me to say that. They suck. They're never – this is this is their cap, is uh, early exit against a good playoff team. That's it. That's so blow it up. Keep James Harden, and then reset. Hit the reset button around him. I'll stand by. They're they're one really solid piece away. I what's wait? What solid piece are you looking for? They need a a big like stretch four five type of guy who can still shoot the ball a little bit. They need a Porzingis type of player, and then. You know, they had a couple injuries, so they they were not deep on the bench. So it's hard to match up against the Lakers, who can throw more guys in. But, you know, Austin Rivers is playing like 30 minutes a game. They're playing like seven guys. You're not going to be able to beat a team more physical than you if you can only play seven guys. I don't know. I think that they're kind of just doomed. Uh, The fact that they got D'Antonio out there, or D'Antoni out, at least shows that they're at least willing to, like, switch styles. But it was, it was, their best shot was with Chris Paul two years ago. I agree. Sad day. It sucks that he got chance. hurt. Sucks that he got hurt. Sucks all that, obviously, but this is where we're at. But all right. Uh, 
Any closing thoughts before we wrap this one up? Any uh, Are we all going Lakers in terms of prediction from here on out to win the title? Yeah, that's what I got. Yep, that's what I, that's what I figured. Pretty basic. I got, uh, a, I got a closing thought for you. Yep. JL Outfitters, top three hat I've got, Fats Tech Sports, top three podcasts I listen to, Scrambled Likes Podcast, top podcast I am frequently on, the <laughs> only one. How about that? Nice little, uh, did, was that planned and scripted? Nope, just kind of top of the head there. <laughs> Nicely done. All right, that's a fast stack sports show. Obviously, thank special thank you to our guest Noah Jacobs from Scrambled Lake Show for hopping on the podcast. Uh, special thank you to our sponsors, Rivals, uh, Jo Outfitters, and the Scrambled Legs, of course. And uh, follow us on SoundCloud, YouTube. We're on Instagram now. We're on TikTok. We're on Twitter. We're everywhere. We're on the website. Check our website out for new blogs coming every single day. All that stuff and more. Uh, Yo-Yo Ball, uh, your closing thoughts. Uh, let's. Give us a quick Eagles rundown. What's the most positive thing from week one? And then send us out. Is this the first official Star Spangled Goofballs offset podcast? First official Star Spangled Goofballs, the three of us. So stay tuned. That's a good call there, Mr. Jacobs. Uh, Stay tuned for this. Probably once every two, three weeks, we'll be congregating us three together on a show. And that is what we will be called, the Star Spangled Goofballs. It excites me. I look forward to being back every two to three weeks. Yo-Yo, take it out. Um, only positive thing I can think of, I'm going to say it again. You have the RBs, the Rager bomb. Um, <laughs> I absolutely love them. <laughs> he didn't even score a touchdown on it. It's not even that no. cool. <laughs> he did not. Wasn't uh, quite fast enough to pull away, eh? Yeah, that's pretty much the only positive. Uh, that <laughs> and uh, Doug Peterson's still the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, so I love that. Um, other than that, follow us on SoundCloud. <laughs> follow Scrambled Legs Pod. Follow J.O. Outfitters. Follow, follow it all, baby. Get it freaking rolling and uh just enjoy your time listening to us and uh hope you have a great rest of whatever day this comes out see you later